Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions, or if you're on TikTok or the new Clubhouse, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch, though, shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. I'm joined today with Nick. You can find Nick on most platforms, Vegas.Rides, or the best way to reach out to him is shoot him an email, nick at vegasrides.com. We are in the first week of April coming off of the most amazing weekend known to humanity where two detailers celebrated their 43rd birthday together, drinking and enjoying great times. So in lights of uh, Darren and I's 43rd birthday, I'm going to drink a Hefeweizen. A uh, Hefeweizen is, if you know a little bit facts about me, is my favorite beer of all time. That's my favorite, uh, I guess, style of beer. Uh do you have a favorite style of beer, Nick, or is it just regular? Yeah, uh, cold. Yeah, <laughs> regular ice beer. cold. Yeah. yeah, ice cold. Now, I, uh, so for me, definitely the first Hefeweizen I ever tasted, they, I, you know, I drank. I was like, okay, and they go, but can you taste that like banana? And I went, hmm, or clove, and I was like, hmm, bubble gum, and I was like, huh, like it's crazy the way beer can can bring about different flavors and. That to me has always been Hefeweizen. It's, it's a it's a wheat basically. It's a German wheat yeah. beer for for those of us that drink you know regular wheat beers here in the states. And I've just I've always enjoyed Hefeweizen. Uh, cool. This one's from UFO, UFO Raspberry, delightfully sweet. And uh, so it's a it's a mix of raspberry and Hefeweizen. So thank you UFO Raspberry. Thanks uh, Easy Speak Distribution. Wonderful. All right. So I saw. Some cool pics of you. Uh, I had a good weekend, like I said, uh, hanging out, drinking some beer. But uh, you sent me some pictures. Uh, interesting of a Corvette. Uh, what was yeah. what's going on with the vet? Uh, yeah, for for people that don't know, I think we have talked about this before, Marty. You know, part of our business is we offer spec services. You know, so essentially design services for you know people that want to buy a car, don't really know what looks good together you know, but wants to have, you know, some special touches and whatever. So last week we got the design of C8 Corvette uh, with a pretty special interior. And, you know, it's good. It's about, you know, four or five months out, you know, the build. Um, but, you know, it was a special, you know, design for this client. And it, it turned out really cool, man. It, it was basically a black with a little bit of red inlays in it and, you know, different spots and some carbon fiber and some things like that. So for a Corvette, you know, uh, which I had, I don't spec very many. I have specced a few of the new ones. Uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, what and the guy, you, the guy literally, spec? um, you know, it's, it's funny. Spec, spec is, it's tough for people to understand on a computer what's going to look good in person. And so I had a few clients kind of mess up a couple orders of some exotic cars, not mess up where it was so bad, but they didn't like it. And so I just said, Hey man, you know, if you ever want me to step in, you know, I see so many cars, I can kind of tell you what looks good and doesn't look good. And then sooner or later, just kind of got handed off. <laughs> you know, they were just like, Hey, you know, I'd like to buy this new, you know, Corvette C8, you know, can you show me what looks good? How'd you know? Okay. So how'd you know 
what looks good that's not just in your opinion but uh, you know it's it's a good question because i don't have an unreal you know a lot of people like a lot of crazy stuff um and that's that's their you know especially like a lot of detailers i know they like really crazy specs and that kind of thing the vast majority of your clients are not going to like that stuff and so basically what i've taken when i do specs is i'm just looking for the cleanest unique but modern look for guys and then let them make the decision the coolest thing about this corvette it was a one-click buy <laughs> i literally built the car and the guy was like yeah i love it click i mean it was like you know he's just that kind of guy he once he sees what he likes he's like yeah i've seen enough um but it's a good question i mean i don't think a lot of guys could get into specking because you got to have thick skin too. I mean, guys are going to, you know, men and women are going to send back to you, hate this, don't like that. You know, a lot of guys will take offense to it. It's their car. I don't, you know, people still order crazy shit in our business. I mean, that's, that's what they're going to do. Um, but for the most part, we have great reception. We charge a small fee to do it, but we can handle the entire process. Um, we can actually go and deliver paperwork uh, from the dealership to the client. And I mean, we can, we really do it all. Um, but how it happened was a couple bad orders and you, you start getting your name out there. Like, Hey dude, you shouldn't have done this. You know, that was stupid. <laughs> that was always going to look ugly, you know, but if you, if you Marty, I think we were talking about this, maybe off air, you and I, or me with someone else, I've literally seen at this point in time, probably pretty close to 50 or 60,000 vehicles up close different types, different scales of them, you know, super nice to just your normal Honda Civic. I mean, you sort of get a, you know, you, you kind of get a groove of what looks good and what doesn't. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't be surprised from time to time, but it's pretty easy to figure out what's going to look like crap. Uh, well, don't go look at mine, will you? <laughs> but you, i mean you i know, just it's, i've it's, never i just for me that's what just I, i'm fascinated that you got into it i'm your non-traditional detailer that listen i've never really specced anything like never even did all the way up until i was like 38 years old before i actually changed something on a vehicle and i i just because i put some wheels and tires on a jeep like that yeah. that's about it so that's that's why i find it fascinating you know i just always enjoyed the process of cleaning but never got into you know that's where your mind's different than mine i just never got into the quote-unquote geekiness of like you sure. you like to go and you even you know nerd out on you know the different yeah. all the different stuff that goes into it especially like so do you even go as far as picking out the style how far does specking go like do you get to pick out the type of material that they use on interiors? Like, how do you go about, yeah, how do you go it about depends. doing an interior work? So you can, you can have different types of specs, right? There's specs of, hey, you know, like Corvette, let's use that as an example. They're just going to give you a baseline of these are the interiors that we offer. <laughs> you, you know, we're not going to really build that much outside of this, okay? But then you can go to Porsche, especially Ferrari, Bugatti, you start to get to those types of companies. I mean, you can do anything you want. There's a guy that specced a fully Hermes Bugatti where everything was made interior. They call it coach building, basically coach built Hermes interior into a, you know, five million, four and a half million dollar Bugatti. 
So it just depends on the manufacturer. But when you get into high-end manufacturing, you can go to anything. I mean, you can basically say, hey, I want this type of seat. I want this on the seats. I want this much Alcantara. I want this type of alligator. I mean, when you get into high-end and you start paying the real money, sky's the limit. You're into like major manufacturers like Chevy and even most of Porsche's stuff. You can't really go outside of, hey, you can maybe add this part here. You can maybe do this. You can, and they kind of computer generate most of that. But the problem is a lot of people still get on there and computer generate things that are going to look horrific together because Porsche or Corvette will allow it. So if you have picky people, the great thing about specking is you can kind of point them in the direction. And then if they want to go outside the box a little bit, that's fine. But genuinely, most people will not be happy if they spec their car on a computer because they won't know everything we know, like what color caliper, uh, what color should your caliper be with your rim and that kind of, I mean, it can get kind of dicey for people. Um, so it's just a way for us to help them. I mean, it's not like it's some kind of special, you know, talent. It's just a matter of we've seen so many cars. We can sort, sort of spot problems that other people can't. And it's interesting, you mentioned Porsche is a big, as I've gone into Porsche dealerships, you know, they have now created over the past years, you know, maybe, I don't know, you might know better yeah. than me, maybe here in Tulsa, we were, I know they always fought, you know, change a little bit longer, you know, so yeah. whether two years or a year, six months, Porsche dealerships are changing. I think others will be following suit. I'd love to know your opinion. You know, they're they're actually having rooms now where you can go in and start to build out your own vehicle and yeah. spec it yourself. 100%. How 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 does a detailer is that a you know, I know we don't really want to dive too far into this, but yeah. how, how how do you how do you offer not not what you're doing, but yeah. When, when you're, you've got a customer that's got a new Porsche or in yeah. the market, what's a way that a detailer, if they're seeing that a customer is going to go do that, offer suggestions or do they just kind yeah. of bow it's about out? Of yeah, it's about relationships. But the Porsche question is pretty simple. Porsche forever could not figure out what made Ferrari special. Okay. And now it's funny because Porsche people used to be like your orthodontist and people that really love driving their car. And now Porsche people want to spec their car, which they used to make fun of 15 years ago. So my theory has always been that Porsche owners want to be Ferrari owners. They just can't afford to buy them. Um, and that's what you're seeing in Porsche now. Porsche is trying to bring in the high net worth individual beyond like your lawyer and your dentist, they're really going after how do we bring in the big guns now and get some of these guys to pay three, four, 500,000 for a Porsche. They just, they're just changing their model at the high end. Porsche is really changing their model at the high end while also still serving that middle, you know, that middle-class rich guy is what, is what they would be known as like, that, so they're trying to do both things, but Porsche is really struggling right now, in my opinion, to keep a hold of who they are, because who they are is people just love to drive Porsche, right? I love the driving experience, whatever. Now people are trying to spec Porsche. Those guys are way out of their league. And I know some guys that watch our show get real pissed off about that, but it's a fun discussion anyway. But how do detailers do it? Let me, let all, me add, okay. Yeah. Let me ask that question a little bit better. Yeah. Once, once I said it, I kind of fumbled through it and it didn't go all the way out. So let me ask that a little bit better. Uh, when, when a customer's got a Porsche or a customer's getting a new car, detailers 
have an opportunity to work with that customer to to make sure that their process of buying a car in 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 the way that they can, right? A detailer shouldn't overstep their bounds, should not ever say that they know more about something, should not ever cross lines, right? Don't try and oversell anything. But there would be cool opportunities to be able to continue a relationship further in business of giving some input into what that a customer could do. And it could be done with the situation of, hey, we've seen that these types of interiors clean better or these type of, you know, and if you could recommend a certain style of interior um, and probably to do that would be because, you know, interiors can get, if somebody buys some crazy interior because they, they wanted it specked out, but you know that another type of interior is going to clean easier. uh, Well, it's like Alcantara, right? I mean, suede Alcantara, you know, we've all come across the steering wheels that wear really heavily, um, you know, I just had this conversation with somebody that purchased a Lexus GSF that has a bunch of Alcantara inside of it. She drives her cars really, really hard, a lot of miles. I'm like, Hey, you know, I need to let you know that that steering wheel is going to wear on you pretty heavy. You know, we need to get some protectant on it. We need to make sure that, you know, we're going to do some special cleaning. You know, we may even end up sanding Alcantara, which you're able to do to bring it back to life if that gets too worn. Uh, But where detailers can really step in on the new car thing is, and this is how it started for me, is just offer. Hey, somebody tells you they're going to go order a new Corvette. They're going to go order a new Porsche. They're going to go order whatever. Say, hey, you know, if you ever, if you want to run that design by me, you know, I'd like to take a look at it, you know. Uh, I see a lot of those cars, uh, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff available. If you like my input, you know, offer it. Um, this is where you don't want to be pushy, right? Because this is usually a special feeling for those customers because they're excited about ordering a car. So you don't want to really interject yourself at this point, other than just saying, Hey, you know, I come across a lot of Porsches. I come across a lot of Corvettes. Uh, if you'd like me to look over your design or help you design your car, you just let me know. I'd be happy to spend the time. But for a very long time, I did that for free. And I told you that it it essentially got so busy for me that I had to charge for my time. But for a very long time, it was just an added service of being a customer of mine. Like I had no problem looking over somebody's car specs or, uh, you know, hey, this is the exterior paint I'm choosing, especially if guys go to paint to sample, which is becoming more popular, where they basically do a one-off paint uh, that costs a significant amount of money through some manufacturers. Um, but again, it all matters who you're doing business with. Some people are just going to go to the dealership and buy a car. Um, and certainly that's probably fits most of my customers, right? They're going to go to the Range Rover dealership and they're going to say, I want that one and they're going to be done. But then you have this other tiny percentage of customers you may come across in your life that really want to enjoy the process and may even say, Hey, look, you know, make it easier for me. It just all depends on who you're doing business with. And this is kind of something our industry doesn't talk about enough. I mean, you got to know your customer, you know, if your customer's driving minivans, they're not going to care about the spec and there's nothing wrong with dealing with those customers. Uh, you know, it's just a different type of thing, but you can even in that instance with the cost of cars now, help people buy cars. You can do uh, pre-purchase inspections on paint and interiors. Um, there's a lot of different routes you can go to step into the process. And, um, you know, when you're doing interiors, right, I've, I've found especially that would create an, a great opportunity if you're going to spec and you get that chance to do it, to be able to spec it, right? You said that 
you got to be concerned about what they want and not be pushy. But I can't help as a detailer to think, hey, it would be <laughs> great to spec a car in a certain style that would benefit the cleaning, right? That oh, yeah. it would just simplify my cleanings. And so I might, I might offer a suggestion uh, that would be a bit easier for me. Uh, you know, for instance, are there certain materials that might not do well uh, if you're using an air cleaning tool, right? Sure. You mentioned Alcaterra. I mean, if you get an air tool too close to Alcaterra, what happens? Oh, damage. You can definitely damage it. hundred percent. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you know, this is what, you know, this is kind of a topic of today we wanted to talk about is, is, is specifically air being used on interiors. Ton of great tools. You know, you sell one, the Vortex air tool. It's immensely popular. I think, you know, you're, yeah. you have a hand in really dealing a lot of those things. I've used compressed air my whole career and I'm sure you're in the same boat. One of the things people don't think about with compressed air is if you're working on a car with buttons, uh, the air gets behind the button and shoots the button off. But what if yeah. it cracks one of the pieces on the button? And now you're like, uh, so actually we're pretty particular about, we may get to some vintage cars, especially if they have button radios and that kind of thing. We may ban air use. I may just say, Hey, look, we're not using air. Like we're just not going to do it. It isn't because air isn't a good thing. It's because those buttons are irreplaceable. We're now working on a car where I don't want to go search down a number two button, <laughs> you know, from 1976. Uh, but certainly all modern cars at this point really, really are, are, are great to use air, right? Because most of the time you're just dealing with a screen. You're dealing with a couple knobs. You're dealing with some air vents but you have some sensitive areas, but not like you once did. I mean, we used to have all these little buttons that if you got air behind, I mean, the button would just go flying. You wouldn't be able to find it. I mean, yeah. so it is pretty cool to see how that's changed. So what different air, I mean, so I've used a whole, a whole random bunch of different uh, air tools uh, from uh, just a, an air trigger. That's going to shoot out like a gun. Uh, use the vortex, which you talked about. Uh, one of the original, I think that came out, which is a tornador. Right. Yeah. Uh, most of the other ones have, you know, took that patent, you know, once their patent was done. Yeah. Uh, but the early one was, uh, you know, it put out in a, a big container. Did you ever use it when you would put the chemical in the container and yeah. you go through and spray? <laughs> you know, I it was very beneficial to me at first. I thought it solved a lot of problems. It, it sped up some processes as a mobile detailer. I thought it was great because I could just turn on my liquid, go through and shoot as I'm cleaning. It was it, I enjoyed the process when I got into a shop, when I went to the car wash and you would go to shoot that and you'd have it turned on. There wasn't a full ventilation going out. Did you ever be in one of those cars trying to inhale all that? <laughs> oh. Man, it's, but here's the funny thing. I really have never advanced beyond just the nozzle trigger. That's still my favorite. That's still your just favorite. Just plain air because, you know, for me, and I won't say this for everybody, for me, I see something, I put air on it, it's gone. You know, with some of the bigger tools and some of the things you're talking about, the thing I don't like, when I detail interiors, I like to narrow everything down, okay? If you really want to be great at interior detailing, one of the things that I teach guys all the time, narrow the space. 
if I'm thinking about the entire car while I'm in there cleaning, I think guys, that's where guys miss a bunch. So if I'm cleaning the dash, you know, the uh, top dash of the car, I'm worried about the dash. Let me get the dash right. And then I'll move down to something else, but I really shrink everything down. So all those other tools where you move in a, in a whole bunch of areas, I, it doesn't work well for how I work because I really like to think about the smallest possible area and then moving on in a systematic so I don't miss anything. It's more for me. It helps me. Um, but I can see where guys are really successful with some of those bigger tools because you can get a lot of work done really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so no air tools on carpets? You ever air tool on a carpet? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I, I could still, I could still use, uh, I could still use my air nozzle, um, on a carpet. Yeah. But I haven't used like a vortex on carpet. I mean, or but, anything like that. but Nick, when's the last time you actually cleaned a dirty carpet? Come on. Uh, I mean, if your guys are all on weekly maintenance, I mean, yeah, how dirty are the carpets in Vegas compared to a good old Oklahoma red dirt clay. Woo. I will say one thing out here that people don't think about is the black top from your shoe because it's so hot Ooh. getting into the car. No, so I never would have thought of that. Never would have thought of thing, that. That's one thing you don't really get in a bunch of places. And especially if people come from California and experience it, let's say they have a light interior. They go in California. They never see anything in their interior. Then they come here. It's 105 degrees or 110 degrees. They'll start to see black show up on their brown carpet. And they're like, well, I haven't changed anything. I'm going to the same places. But it's like, no, uh, you know, that black top starts to wear on your shoes a little bit. Um, but, you know, we really just did a filthy navigator, <laughs> a really filthy navigator. The chick had 30-day plates on. And we, we did a special, you know, she was outside of our network, you know, favor for someone. Um, but we used air on that, you know, we'll use the air nozzle to kind of start to free up that carpet and then allows us to, whether it's steam or extraction or whatever main, you know, we don't do a ton of extra. And I don't know a lot of guys doing extraction on the level we used to do it. Yeah, right. um, you used to extract every, everything, like, everything, everything, everything. Yeah, Full you detail. Would've, you would've... Extraction. <laughs> extraction. Dude, you would... It I can't imagine how extraction. much <laughs> I can't imagine how much mold was put in the cars <laughs> because of how we were taught to extract everything in the nineties and early two thousands. That was crazy. I mean, it was so, um, you know, but for me, you know, guys seem to get a great, they love those vortex. They love those types of tools. And I think it's awesome because interiors are often forgotten. We know we don't see a ton of pictures on Instagram and Facebook and that wow. kind of thing, but to have these kind of tools now, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I, I, I do too. I like, like I said, I mean, I, I would use it uh, with the, the liquid, but as it became shop type and then I literally just got tired of like trying to set it down and tilt over <laughs> and I it just like, huh, I gotta like hold this big old thing. Like, so yeah. once all the air just where just spin and just shoot the air that that's what I love about the vortex. It just makes that's it really so cool. to me, it makes it a lot easier uh, I can go through and spray, do my little cleanings, and then use that air to really get in there and shoot everything else out. Everybody's got their own different ways of doing it. That's why we love that we call detailing an art form, right? We yeah. each are our own artists. We get to use whatever paintbrush or whatever sure. style of stroke we want to use. And there's no doubt that as the air tools that begin to develop, uh, I think it makes clean interiors a lot faster 
than only having a towel, a spray bottle and a brush. You know, I mean, yeah. that is really all we had. Yeah. <laughs> you might have two brushes if yeah. you got lucky. And, and by the way, brushes weren't all that big when I started. I mean, yeah. brushes are really, I mean, we, we had towel and spray. Yeah. So, I mean, to see where we're at now with different leather brushes and different, I mean, we're just in such a crate and we'll, we'll expand upon all those tools in this segment every week, I think. But I mean, just where we're at with tools in general on the interior, I mean, it is light years away from towel and spray bottle. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, one of the things we're not sure if it's light years away or not, last year we heavily talked about, well, the possibility of a recession because uh, stuff was going to close down and stuff was going to shrink as others kept saying, hey, close your doors and stay home. We said, push, go out, go far, get as much as you can because we're not sure how long we'll be able to get it. The cool thing about 2020, hey, Nick, we were right. Well, yeah. yeah, we told everybody to go out, push, go, grow, grow, grow. And guess what happened? Everybody got to keep growing and growing and growing. That wasn't us by any means. It just so happened that instead of closing your doors, that maybe being out and encouraging cleaning since we're a service-based company, well, serve your customers. I remember saying heavily, go out onto the front lines. Make yourself essential to your customers and as the way that the year went well just so happened that so many other people in the world also thought that cleaning vehicles was also essential and the industry as a whole took a major major expanse there was however very very few that actually said go out push 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 while everyone else was saying close 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 you and i were pushing heavy to yep. get out and expand, that it was the time to push and grow. And I'm thankful that we were on that side. And I'm thankful that you took your time, you put your name out, and we put our stamp that that was the way we encouraged detailers to go. Now we're looking at 2021, and we are now in the first parts of April. And there is, like last year, a starting to be looming question. Now, Inflation is not recession, is recession inflation. What happens, we're not sure. Like we said last year, we're not economists. We detail cars for a living and I sell products also. You know, these, <laughs> they, we're, we're, we're not economists, but no. we do talk to people. We're both entrepreneur yeah. business owners. We do have relationships. We understand an overall big picture far beyond many others. And so, Nick, the thought of a looming recession maybe has moved or maybe that's still coming. What happens with inflation? What is inflation? There's probably a lot of detailers that aren't sure what the yeah. word inflation means. So let's, well, let's it's walk pretty, into it's pretty that basic. for a second. Yeah, it's pretty basic for the biggest scare right now. And I think one of the biggest hedge fund managers came out with a paper last week or the week before saying, He's really concerned because the signs are pointing towards inflation while GDP, meaning the overall money into businesses basically, um, is going down at the same time. That's sort of the collapse of the world scenario. Um, so what happens is the cost of goods are going up and less people are paying for goods. And now we got a growing separation of 
uh-oh, right? It's right. not exactly old school recession um, the way people think about it. Okay, but done that down for a second. Cost yep. of goods is going up. Well, let's give an example. So for guys who've never been through this, and Marty, you've been doing this long enough. You've been through this probably three or four, maybe even five different times, where one of the big commodity-based products in our industry is tire dressing. Okay? Tire dressing contains silicone. Silicone is a commodity. When that commodity gets volatile, silicone, dressing prices get volatile. So there have been times in your career and my career where dressing was vastly more expensive than it is today. And guess what we know is coming pretty quick. Dressing prices are going to start acting really, really inflationary, right? The price is going to go up. And so what happens is inflation, the basic way to think about it is your dollar today that's worth a dollar might be worth 50 cents if things really get out of control. Well, that's okay. out of control, but let's go in like practical terms. It might mean that 75 cents or, yeah. you know, or 90 cents. Let's even go yeah. there. Even what does cents. it mean? What is 10%? What does your purchase when you, you collect money for a detail, then you go buy supplies. Your, your purchasing power, quote unquote, of that dollar yeah. might only mean that you get 90 cents worth. Yep. Where today, maybe you're getting a buck 10 worth, Right. Maybe you're getting more than your dollar's value. Today, we're in a really crazy time of low price chemicals, okay? Think of the detailing world. Chemicals, pretty affordable across the board, right? I mean, Marty, you have a very value-oriented chemical business. Yeah, you I may, will say, though, there's not all others that are that way, though. There's some no, that no, are. But I'm saying from, from, a, from a chemical perspective, chemicals are fairly low-priced for you know, what you're getting, you know, being able to perform your maintenance or your, your detail on a car, yeah. it's a pretty low price. You know, you could see that very easily in a month. Let's say you spend a hundred dollars on chemicals this month. If inflation goes wild, you may be spending 150 and gas has gone up and your living expenses, maybe you're renting that's gone up. Everything has gone up, but you're still having to charge a hundred bucks for that detail. All right. So you mentioned gas prices. We already have had some detailers message in say, yep. Hey, I'm a mobile detailer. I'm paying more for gas. Should I raise my price for my detail? And this is when, if you remember in 2011, 12, I think is when it was remember gas prices went almost for, for here in Oklahoma, it was crazy to think that we yeah. hit over four bucks. <laughs> Some States went over $5 for a gallon. Yeah, I, was of living, gas. I was living in California and we went over five. I think that was six, seven, eight. It was like somewhere in that time, maybe it was nine or 10. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, that has happened before. And look at what 70 cents brought about when we saw this, you know, we basically have gained about a dollar right now. Let's just round up. Okay. Anywhere between 60 cents and a dollar, depending on where you're at, gas has gone up with since January, basically coinciding with, you know, something, uh, you know, we don't want to get political here, but it, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty even right when it happened. So you already have guys saying, Hey, look, man, you know, to fill up my tank, it's another 30 bucks. It's another 40 bucks. It's another whatever. Okay. 
100% guys need, it's great that they're seeing that, right? Meaning that they're not letting that just go by without them noticing it in their business. That's important. Uh, are we to the point where I tell you to raise your price? Because I've been in a more dramatic time, I'd say, wait till the big companies start adding the surcharge, then your customer already expects it. Then you can go in and say, hey, I'm adding a fuel. Let somebody else take the bullet, I guess is my point. Are you going to take a short-term hit? Sure. But when FedEx starts to tell you there's a $2 surcharge to deliver your package, then you can just go to your customer and say, hey, look, you know, gas, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, and then you're just kind of under the radar about it. If you go and you're the first person through the door and you're taking all the bullets, uh, that's not stuff that I normally do, but to each their own. Uh, but there's real fear now because how does inflation come about? You print money, uh, which, you know, we've now come up with a clever word called stimulus. Uh, it's just printing money, folks. And that creates inflation and it creates problems and it creates long-term issues for the economy. And sooner or later, you got to pay the piper and it could be in 2021. I mean, look, just like we said about recession last year, know that it's coming and work your ass off instead of closing your doors was our message. You may be going through an inflationary period here within the next year, which will lead to some type of recession type feeling. Guess what, folks? Enjoy these first months of the year. It's been great for most people. I know chemical companies are still seeing a great uh, run up. Marty, I know all, everybody in detailing is still doing really well. So guess what, folks? Put your head down. Don't get scared. And if you just work, it's kind of what our message was last year. I don't know that there's a different message here other than just warning guys, uh, hey, the price of dressing, it's going up. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned that particularly. There's, there's companies that are running out of silicone, running out of emulsion. Uh, there's plants in Texas where solvent, whole manufacturing companies that manufacture solvents, um, and you need solvents in a lot of detailing supplies, they haven't been producing to the, the amount that they could. Some of the things that we don't think about from a detailing aspect is some of these major plants, they just didn't have the capacity to be able to bring people in, right? They could not meet their needs to their companies that people they were trying to sell to because they didn't have team members that would come in. Yeah, because they were, because again, they were getting stimulus or they were able to collect unemployment or there was rules and regulations around how many people you could have in the factory. Yep. And, you know, this is what we're starting to see, Marty. And, and we talk to a lot of young guys. We need to understand that the vast majority of detailers are 22 to 27. Okay. Talking to you guys, I want to make something as clear. I wish somebody would have said to me when this stuff started happening. You can't just shut business down and never have to pay for that. And that's what took place last year. As a matter of fact, that's what's taken place in a lot of states all the way up until now. We're well over a year in some states. There are always going to be repercussions for that. And everybody talks about the supply chain and that becomes this great general conversation. Well, let's boil it down. The supply chain can kind of operate for about a year uninterrupted. Doesn't matter what you do to it. It's got too much motion to be stopped. So think about this. We're at the end of that year. So all these, you know, bottles and things that we thought we felt the pain of, 
We haven't felt it yet, folks. And a lot of guys in this, you know, you're five years in, you haven't experienced bad times. It's not time to get fearful. It's time to get understanding. And that's what I think is important here. Nobody's trying to scare anybody. Okay. That's not the purpose, but take this information and start making business decisions because of it. Maybe it's load up on dressing. You know, hey, I got a little extra money in the bank. Buy four or five. Maybe you only buy one gallon a month. Go buy four or five gallons, right? Get out ahead of it. Maybe you can help your customer in that way. There's a lot of things you can do, okay? But this is information not to get fearful because it's coming regardless, okay? It's just a matter of now start making some smart decisions now that can maybe lead you to some success while everybody else is struggling with, hey, this is happening. You've been expecting it for six months. It puts you in a different spot. Yeah. And I, and I didn't bring it up and thanks for clarifying. I really do appreciate that. I wasn't bringing it up to go fear factor of more of, Hey, anybody listen? Like, Hey, <laughs> anybody else seeing this? Hey, I know no one else in a group forum. I know you can't go pay 800 bucks to a guy and have him teach you for a weekend. And that would ever be in his thought process to bring this up. Right. There's plenty of trainers that might teach you stuff. But nowhere is anybody going to start talking inflation to detailers. But we at the community, right, that's what we do. We want to bring about these different thoughts, different ideas, so that we can all begin to dissect and digest and understand how it might impact our business and how we can best support our own family and our own business and what we're trying to do. So, yes, definitely no fear factor whatsoever involved. and. I don't know. There's a rare chance that maybe it doesn't happen, but the writing's on the wall, right? I mean, most of the, the pictures already been painted. We're just kind of sitting back going, uh, just wondering hey, Mar- when it's going to be released. So can I ask Marty this question? Do you think we're now to the point where the little guy was really fearful last year? The small business guy was fearful, right? Like all of us, Hey, we didn't know what was going on. Right. I think what's changing now is some of the big companies you and I know are starting to say, "Uh Oh, we got a problem. And so this is what guys need to realize is now it's not about us little guys anymore. Okay. At the bottom of the food chain or however you want to put it at the, at the business food chain, you now have big companies getting ready to send big time memos out and tell people a story that gets that gets their customers off their back. Okay. This is where we're at. And you and I have been through this before where you've gotten that email or you've gotten that text message. Hey, your prices are going up 15%. Hey, if, if you really rewind the clock, the last 10 years, nobody's received that. The last 10 years, you really didn't receive it. Okay. I mean, you, I think you got to go sub 2011 for when you were really dealing with massive every two weeks. Remember the time when people were only guarantee a price? Yeah. (laughs) Like there was this, like literally every couple months, you know, you just get another email. Do you remember when you would get the email at the bottom of the email, it would say, we can only guarantee this price for a week. I mean, guys, it was there and it's happened in much different times. And for much different reasons, the reasons it's happening now is self-inflicted. Nobody thought to themselves that the supply chain of everything that matters in the world being shut down for a year is idiotic. I mean, there, every one of us knew it was, except for the people making the decision. And so now as a small business guy, you got to kind of operate around that and say, okay, let me pay attention a little more 
not get scared, but pay attention. And, and let me tell you from my perspective, be ready to get some emails about silicone uh, and hear the word silicone an awful lot in the, in the detailing world here over the next six months. Silicone definitely, uh, definitely always goes ups and downs. It's a, it's a thing in the detailing world that we always wonder where it's going to be, where it's going right. to be. Yeah. Nick, thanks so much for your time as always great information out to the community and, uh, We'll say thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hope you had a great Easter with your new uh, new child and enjoyed your yeah. weekend. And thanks as always for the time you give out. Really do appreciate it. All right, brother. It. Talk to you soon. See you, man. See you. Episode over. Leave us a review and we will see you on the Community Pub Wednesday nights at 730 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. That's the Community Pub Wednesday nights, 730 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. Grab a pint and enjoy.